Good evening. We're going to start a little bit, well, 30 seconds early, I guess. <laughs> but first, uh, this was found. It goes on a necklace. It says, Walk by Faith. If you lost it or know when someone lost it, it goes on a necklace. Okay. Darla? Yeah. Or is Tim's? I like to read something. I've been reading this for about 22 or 3 years around this time of year. Um, my brother was older than I was. I guess he went off to college when I was in the first or second grade. So, uh, and I had older brothers and sisters too. There was six of us, only two of us left. But anyway, he went off to college and then he went to seminary and he pastored for 40 some years. And uh, his last church was, he pastored for 25 years and that was in, uh, where was Tim? Sparta, Illinois, where they're from. But uh, he was pastored there. And then from there, his kids, his children went to uh, Southwest Baptist College in uh, Bolivar, Missouri, and his daughter was still there. They moved there, and he bought a, a few acres, and I had a barn and a house on it, and, and he was going to retire there. But at the time he was there, he was uh, director of missions, uh, for Mid, uh, Mid Lakes Baptist Association. And uh, I know why he bought that place with a barn and fence and everything. He, uh, he, when we grew up in Coulterville, Illinois, he, uh, he had to help my dad on the, the small farm we had and milking the cows and everything, you know, before he goes to, went to school. But anyway, he passed away in 1990. I believe it was, and uh, he wanted to retire on that little farm and get a couple cows, and, but it didn't work out. The Lord, the Lord called him home. Uh, he had had heart problems. Anyway, he wrote this uh, article for the local newspaper in uh, Bolivar, Missouri, and uh, a couple years later, his wife put it on a card and sent to us. It's called "He Is Risen." But he wrote this article and put it in the paper. Spring is such a joy. New life is what it's all about. Every year I'm amazed and thrilled all over again with the jonicles, forsythia, the red buds, and the white and pink dogwoods and spirea. To see the grass uh, prosper and the woods green up just reminds us of the reality of the resurrection and the source of all life, our eternal, omnipotent God. On April 9th, my wife Lois and I had a great joy of hearing the talented choir at Bolivar First Baptist Church, along with a beautiful orchestra, present portions of Handel's Ages Messiah, all of it from God's Word. It vividly presents the suffering, day, death, and resurrection resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ. The Hallelujah Chorus always brings 
excuse me, <clears throat> always brings tears to my tears and joy of triumph to, to my eyes, and my whole being shouts, thank you, Jesus. In our world, where violence, evil, and corruption seems to ever worsen, it is so glorious to know that Jesus, God's anointed one, overcometh death for us, and we don't have to fear it if we are saved. The Apostle Paul said, O death, where is your sting? Do you need hope today? Here it is, and it is the only lasting hope there is. If in this life only we have hope in Christ, we are all men most miserable. But now Christ is risen from the dead. 1 Corinthians 15, 20 to 30. Just because Jesus called, La just before Jesus called Lazarus out of the tomb where he had laid four days already, Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. And whosoever is alive spiritually and believes in me shall never die. John 11, 25, 26. What promise? That's worth a course of hallelujahs. A little bird built a nest in the corner of our car carport right next to the kitchen door on the head of a dust mop, no less. Do not fear. Mom has another one. A few days, these five little eggs will hatch, and I will shout all over again. Yes, yes, Lord. Your power to create life is still there, and all fear is gone. John Welch, Director of Ministries, Midlake Baptist Association. Sorry, that's part of the evening. All right. This week we are thinking about Jesus and what he's done for us and the cross. Let's start out this evening down at the cross. Down at the cross where my Savior died, down where the cleansing from sin I cried, there to my heart was the blood applied. Glory to his name. Glory to Fountain that saves from sin. 
this fountain so rich and sweet cast the poor soul at the savior's feet plunge in today and be made complete glory to his name glory to his name glory to his name the blood applied glory to his name 144 in hymn books when I survey the wondrous cross. Let's just sing the first and last verse of this song. When I survey the Brother Hurl. I've got to ask Terry, how did children's church go today? Did you behave? Yes, sir, I did. Well, I'm glad to know that. <laughs> what was that? Easing you into it. There you go. <laughs> yes, yes. God has a way of handling that. This evening, I praise God that each one is here. I would ask you to turn with me to Ephesians chapter 4, verse 1. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 1. My goodness, I, I, I've run everybody off on the first four rows up here. I Guess I got to spitting on them or something. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 1. I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you to walk worthy of the calling which you were called, with all lowliness, gentleness, long suffering, 
bearing with one another in love, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace, there is one body, one soul, Spirit, which is in you. Let's read what it says. There is one body, one Spirit, just as you were called in one hope of your calling. O Lord, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God, and Father of all, who is above all, through all, and in all. Not too many months ago we looked at these, and I, I really was working with this on Thursday and trying to see what God wanted us to do because this is the Passover and it's also coming into Easter and the crucifixion, resurrection and everything. And I think the thing that God brought to my mind as much as anything is that we as the body of Christ with the sadness, with the hurt that we experience in our own spirit at Easter, we should also rejoice as being a body. And I want us to look just a moment and I... Uh, I want us to see what Paul says. He says, remember, I, a prisoner of the Lord. Now, sometimes folks say that, and I guess it could be interpreted that way, that he's saying, I'm sold out to God. I'm a prisoner of him. I'm, I work for him. But actually, I believe, as you look at this real close, I think he's saying, listen, I have been in prison a number of times as I serve the Lord. In other words, it's not easy being a servant of the Lord. It's going to cost. You're going to have to pay a price. And there's times that as we go forward in serving God, there are times that really we think, God, is it really all worth it? Is it really in the position of what am I doing what God wants me to do? And here he says, the next part of that, therefore I being a prisoner of the Lord, beseech you to walk worthy. To walk worthy of your calling. It costs us a lot to be that, but he says we're to walk worthy. We're supposed to be that one that when people see us, they see the presence of Jesus in our life. They see the presence of Jesus walking through or living through us every day. Not just on Sunday. Not just when we're in church. Not when we're just singing or praising God. But every day, whenever it's tough. I mean, when it's really, really tough out there. And our world is that way every day. It's getting worse, matter of fact. We need to be in the position to where the world sees Jesus in that we need to walk in accordance to the leadership of Christ Jesus in our lives. And as we look at this, I ask myself, do I portray 
one that imitates and desires to imitate Christ. The Word says that we're to imitate Him, and I, I really wonder in my own heart, and I can't judge any of you, I wouldn't do that for anything, but in my own life, I wonder, am I truly setting forth in my daily walk an imitation of Christ Jesus? And then it says, of my calling. Now that calling is the calling of salvation. Now we can say we're called to preach, we're called to teach, we're called to sing, we're called, but actually we're called unto salvation. And through that salvation, then God the Holy Spirit moves us in different areas in which He wants us to serve Him. But the calling is the call of salvation. That's what the New Testament's all about. And it talks about that we, work, that we walk worthy of our calling. And in verse 2, it says, with the lowliness and gentleness, with long-suffering and bearing with one another in love. In all lowliness, in humility, being humble. Now, sometimes it's hard to be humble. I, uh, I used to be a little song that a fellow in our church, young man in our church, Danny Colclasure was his name, and he used to sing it all the time. It's hard to be humble whenever you're as good as I am. I can't remember the whole song. But he would go around, and he, he was a feisty little fellow, and still is. He's a pilot for one of the major airlines now, but he, he sang that song as a kiddo. It's hard to be humble. The Word of God says that we are to be lowly, that we are to be humble, that we are not to set ourselves on a pedestal and say, look at me, but we are to be humble before those. And then it says, in all gentleness, meekness or self-control. In meekness. Um, to, be, to be gentle doesn't mean you're weak. In fact, to be gentle sometimes takes a lot of strength. Because you have to be in self-control. You have to be in control of what you're doing, what you're saying, how you're reacting. And we have to do that. And then he says, long-suffering. That's patience. Now, uh, you know, I've made a mistake a few times in my life. Now, I'm not saying I've only made a few mistakes. I'm saying I have made a mistake in my life a few times. And I've said, Lord God, teach me Patience. Don't, don't, don't do that. Don't do that. Don't, don't ask God to teach you patience because I guarantee you, He will. And it's not fun sometimes. In fact, most of the time it's not fun. It says we are to be patient. We are to, I mean, we're to be long-suffering and we're to be patient with one another. And I guarantee you, you can look at me and find all kinds of faults. I got a list of them. If, if you think you can't find any, just uh, sit down with me and I'll give you a list of all my faults. That's the reason y'all have to be patient with me. Because I know I have those faults. I know that you have to be long-suffering with myself. My sweet, lovely wife over here has done that for 58, going on 59 years now. 
long-suffering. Sometimes it's difficult to have patience with one another. And then in verse 2, it also says, with one another in love. Now, that's not talking about an earthly love. That's not talking about a fresh love fleshly love. It's talking about the love of Jesus. Love one another as Jesus loved. I, 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 I wonder if there was a scale, if we could make a graph, and I'm not a, a graph drawer, but if we could make a graph of, of Jesus' love for you and I, that love would be at the top of the graph at all times. Because he loves us regardless of where we are regardless of what's happening in our life, regardless of how we're acting, regardless of what we're saying, regardless of what we're doing, He loves us. And if we could make that graph, he, he, he would be up here. Now, sometimes us. If we made that graph, we'd be down here. He tells us that we're to love one another, look after one another, be tolerant, with one another in all that we do and love one another even as Jesus loves us. Verse 3 Endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit and the bond of peace. Keeping the unity of the Spirit is something that God has allowed us to do through the leadership of God the Holy Spirit as he brings us together. He can take you, he can take your ideas, he can take your shortcomings, he can take your positive, and put it all together, and you see a church of, like we usually run around 115 to 20, and he can take that 50, 115 or 20 people Put them together like this and bond them together through the power of God the Holy Spirit to where we bring honor and glory to God in serving Him. He says, listen, listen. Endeavor, work hard to keep the unity of the Spirit. In other words, let God the Holy Spirit lead us in what we do. It's awful easy to grab the reins ourselves. It's awful easy for me to say, it's going to be my way or the highway. I'm right, you're wrong. God, the Holy Spirit says, I'm right, and you walk with me, and you let me walk in you, and you let me portray the presence of God in your life on a regular basis. It's so easy in our world today to slip into the flesh. Slip in to the way the world is going and the way the world is living. And he says in the latter part of verse 3, and in the bond of peace. There's the only peace that's real peace is the peace of Jesus Christ. That's the only peace there is. The world does not, does not afford us peace. Jesus 
affords us peace. So what am I saying in all of this? It's saying that we are to walk with Jesus. We are to portray Jesus. We are to be bound together through the Holy Spirit in the presence of Jesus. Other words, when folks walk into this place, they should see the radiation of Christ Jesus coming from every one of us. And then in verse 4, he says, we're one body, we're one spirit, we're one hope. That one spirit is God the Holy Spirit. That one body is the church of Christ. (laughs) And the one hope is the pledge and the promise that God has made to us of eternal inheritance. Sealed. Sealed by God the Holy Spirit. I really, really think sometimes we overlook the inheritance that we have. You know, I've been going through a little bit of this with Mark Lynn and my brother Monty since our mother passed away and trying to work through, you know, tons and tons of pictures and letters and all this stuff. Uh, There's no big inheritance of finances. But there's a lot of stuff. A lot of stuff. Folks, let me tell you, the inheritance you're getting from God, the promise, the guarantee, sealed by God the Holy Spirit, it's not going to be something that we're going to throw away. It's not going to be something you're going to stick in a box or in a bag, set up on a shelf. That inheritance is going to be for all eternity of living with, in the presence with God. A promise. A promise of our hope sealed by God the Holy Spirit. Then it reminds us, verse 5, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one Lord, we don't have a bunch of gods, hallelujah, praise God, I I can't even keep up with, I can't even fulfill what the one wants me to do. Much less if we had a whole bunch. We have one Lord, Jesus Christ, the Son of God. We have one faith, and that faith, that one faith is the doctrine that's revealed throughout the New Testament as we are led by God the Holy Spirit. One baptism, water baptism that is followed before or followed after salvation. You hear? Water baptism that follows after salvation. I've heard folks come and 
stand at the, at the altar right here even and say, Brother Back, I was baptized when I was a kid back so and so and so on and, and I, was, I, I was just saved just recently. Do I need to be rebaptized? And I have to say to them, according to the word of God, the first time you got wet, that's all it amounted to. Now that you've been saved, now that Jesus Christ lives in your heart through the power of God, the Holy Spirit, at that time, you can be baptized and acknowledge to everybody that Jesus lives in you. You're saved. That's what baptism is all about. It's about a witness, a testimony that Jesus lives in me. <clears throat> so we have one Lord, one faith, one baptism. And then in verse 6, it says we have one God that is taught throughout the scriptures. <clears throat> it starts in Genesis. And it goes through Revelation. One God. And folks, if you're sold out to Him, you have one Father. One Heavenly Father. One God, one Father who is above all. Now, Lincoln, you hear a lot of people say, well, you just don't know how great this one is or that one is. Folks, let me tell you, in comparison to God, they don't hold a light. There is no one as great as God the Father as he deals with our lives. We have one God, one Father who is above all and through all. Other word, everything. God's the one that took nothing and made everything. He took nothing. Spoke it into being. He says, he's through all. And then, pardon me, and then he says, he is in you all. Is he in you today? Is he truly in you today? Do you know that you know that you're saved? If you're truly saved, if you're truly sold out to Him, if you're truly walking in faith, if you truly acknowledge that there's one God, if you are an example of the power and the presence of Christ Jesus in your life, if you are united through the Spirit of God, through the love of God for one another, then you can say, beyond a shadow of a doubt, God is in me. Now, do we always act like it? No. No, we don't. That's the reason Jesus says, come before me and ask me to forgive you and I'll forgive you that quick. He's ready to forgive us. So I would pray as we go through a very difficult time in the United States. And it's going to get worse, folks. 
There is no doubt. It's going to get worse. And I'm not a doomsday preacher, but it's going to get worse. We have got to walk with God. We have got to come to the place that it's not about me. It's not about you. But it's all about God. And if we are going to be willing, as Paul was, to be a prisoner, to pay the price. I don't know how many times Paul was in prison. But he paid the price again and again for sharing the gospel, for living out. Are we willing? Are we willing to be a prisoner and pay the price to represent Jesus and God the Father and be led through God the Holy Spirit in all that we do? I tell you, it's not easy for any of us but it's not all about me. It's all about God. If we truly desire, and I pray we do, if we truly desire for our church, that's you and I, to be what God wants us to be, then we will be unified through the bond of God the Holy Spirit and the love of Jesus. Are we willing? Are we willing to turn it all over to Him and let Him, God, be in charge through the Holy Spirit? Father, I thank You and I praise Your name that you allow us the privilege of studying your word, reading your word, acknowledging your word, and then through the leadership of the Holy Spirit, living your word out. Lord, it's real easy for us to let the world intervene. It's real easy for us to just actually turn our back on you. So tonight, Father, I would pray that we as a church body, that we would draw close unto you. And we will allow God the Holy Spirit to minister to our lives. And that we would be seen as imitators of Christ Jesus. And we thank you for it. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And amen. I know there's a whole lot of announcements and stuff that's going on, and I, uh, I've seen them up here on the board going about it. Brother Ben, do you have anything you need to say tonight, brother? That's going to be what, what Saturday? What's the date on that, Brother Ben? Saturday the 28th. 
The 8th. Okay, Saturday the 8th. I thought that was... Okay, on the 8th. Okay. Okay. Any announcements, hon? Look at the bulletin board and get signed up. Brother Harold, any announcements for the GBS? Nope. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, remember the 50s. Going to be a big time, be a good time. People have asked me about uh, going to the ranches to see the uh, production of peanut fruit. That's on June 17th, 11.30 production. Uh, they asked me the cost. I don't have the exact cost now, but I will get it down. Okay. Bring your cost down. We pay a little bit and We need folks to get signed up so that we can tell how many folks are going. Yeah, there's not a sign up sheet yet, but there will be Sunday. I know it's early, but uh, I'm just telling you that there's one. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Any other announcements anywhere? Brother Thomas, you got anything you need to say about the youth, students? Get it up. Get 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 involved in that camp, folks. Get with Tosh or get with Thomas. Anything else? Yes, Bill. Tomorrow night at eight o'clock. No. No, excuse me. Tomorrow night at six o'clock. We'll be meeting up here to uh, go knock on the door down okay. the street right here by the church. Just to hand out the little yep. <laughs> wear a raincoat, okay. <laughs> That's good. That's good. There you go. Okay, get involved, be a part, reaching out to our neighborhoods, the folks around about. Any other word? You know? Remember, next Sunday is our final Sunday for, for our Annie Armstrong offering. Just uh, pray about it, see what God would have you do. In the bulletin this morning, there was a, uh, a prayer deal for the every, pardon me, for every day of this week. So please get that. Pray about it. Anything else? Folks, God bless you. You have a wonderful, wonderful week. And remember who you represent. You represent God. Father, we thank you. We praise you. We love you. We ask you to minister to our hearts. Draw us ever close to you, Father.
Let us just be a witness in our actions, our thoughts, our attitudes, our decisions, everything we do, Father. And we just give you praise for it. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen.